Good morning. Welcome to another episode of Love and Ambition with Tink and Savage. My name is Humble Savage. And my name is Tink. <laughs> Happy to be here with you morning. Happy to be here with you this morning. <laughs> so as always, we're going to start with a quote. This quote comes from the yogi tea bag that's sitting in front of me. I'm drinking my cup of tea. It says, quote, Without the darkness, you would never know the light. End quote. Truth. Super truth. How about that? <laughs> I'm going to drink some coffee to that quote. Without the darkness, you would never know the light. Man, I love a good contrast. Do you? I do. What about it? <clears throat> um, how are you going to appreciate positive things if you don't know how positive they are by experiencing the opposite end of the spectrum at some point? It sounds really great in theory. But I don't particularly like to feel depressed or dark. Like, what would you say to someone that, you know, doesn't have that perspective yet? On depression? Just darkness in general. Um, I think a stage of darkness and depression in some ways is a stage of growth. Mm. When you plant seeds in the dirt. They don't grow in the light, they grow in the darkness. Mmm. Wow. Well, the roots, were they, like, really... So, I mean, I don't know much about plants, but I know that, like, the roots are a really important part of how they, like, absorb nutrients and mm -hmm. water. And then the light from above, like, once they sprout. That's interesting. Yeah, so like I'm staring at three little watermelon babies and a tomato baby right here that we got from the farmer's market last weekend. And um, we actually have plants all over this room. <coughs> Probably about 10 plants in here. <coughs> and you can see the light illuminating the leaves and the photosynthesis happening and the leaves above the surface of the soil are absorbing the light for growth and for strength so the plant can grow and produce fruit but also underneath the soil in the darkness the roots are absorbing the moisture and the nutrients so the plant can grow through the roots mm. so need both light and dark for the plant to grow ah, interesting i love a good contrast as well just very in a very literal sense black and white are two of my favorite colors i love the way that they look next to each other just a harsh black and a pure white 
We used to have colors called tricorn black at Sherwin Williams. Mm, that tricorn black. Mwah. <laughs> Chef's kiss. It's just so black. The black is black. And and the white is white. Like I love the way that they look next to each other. Exactly. Why is that? Why do you let why do you love the contrast so much? It's really sharp. Like it's edgy. Is the best way I can describe it. It's like aesthetically pleasing to me. There's some like itch that I just can't scratch until I like see that. And then once I see it, it's like, ah. <laughs> you know, when you see a pattern, like it's just checkerboard, like a chessboard or like, yeah, my diamond pants, you know, like I love the way that black and white tile looks, you know, like the shower tile, like black and white, you know. I really, really love those, like, gorgeous marble floors that are, like, they're checkered black and white marble, you know what I'm talking about? It's Mm -hmm. either marble or granite or something Mm -hmm. like that. Like, I have had a dream of, like, covering a home in that type of, (laughs) type of floor. It's just so pleasing like aesthetics are very important to me like beauty I think I've tested for my core values like once like I know what my core values are generally speaking but look even on the vision board I am success opening family proactively smile beauty like beauty has always been very important to me like art and beauty is so Je ne sais quoi. Like, there you go again. It can't really, like, you know, that that phrase, if I'm not mistaken, from having, we just used it in the song, means, like, something that you want or that you like, but it's, like, indescribable. Like, it's hard to, like, pin it. Like, je ne sais quoi. It's just, like, kind of... It's like spiritual, you know, almost is how I describe it. Like just the way the aesthetics please me. Beauty is je ne sais quoi. That's beautiful. Thanks. I'm really passionate about checkerboards and contrasting colors. We should totally bring the chessboard to tell you right. Yeah, that'll be a blast. We could play chess in the snow. Oh my god, I don't know about that. (laughs) (laughs) Why? (laughs) We'd be all bundled up with our mittens and our earmuffs and our scarf. (laughs) I'll play chess in the cabin. How about that? We can look nice at the snow. warm cabin. Yeah, we can look at the snow while it's snowing outside. It's a fire... A little fire burning. A little fire burning. Shorty fire burning on the dance floor. With some hot cocoa. Yes. Good hot cocoa. Why don't you read your prompt? I'm going to read the prompt? Yeah. <laughs> Why do you want me to read the prompt? Ah, okay. So, recently, one of the ways that... Um, why don't you tell him? So, I love to write 
I I am very stimulated by words. Um, I obsessively collect books and have probably a miniature thousand more book library going on. And I've been writing in journals my whole life. I just love to write and express myself through words. Words and communication really stimulate me. And I also like to be challenged. I like to be put on the spot. I love to be, I love to be put on the spot actually. It, it really like invigorates me to have to show up and perform. And so like one of the ways that are non-extreme <clears throat> that I enjoy expressing myself through on the spotness is through writing prompts. And you have so graciously been able to give me some amazing words every day to write a writing prompt with. And one of my favorites that you provided for me the other day was the words snow, shot, boy, bunny, blue. And here's what I wrote. <clears throat> the snow was floating that day, not falling. It was softer than soft, as its slow motion glide was enough to entrance your attention. The little boy stopped and stood still to let a single giant snowflake land on his nose. He squealed in delight as he touched it with his blue glove covered hand and looked closely at its perfect geometry. His wonder was innocent as a newborn who had never experienced such a thing. The little boy watched as the snowflake melted and giggled as he looked up to see hundreds more of these perfectly beautiful snowflakes floating down from heaven like pure glitter glistening in the sun. The day was crisp yet warm and he remembered the hot cocoa that was waiting for him just a few hundred feet away. He shot up from his encapsulated moment in time and bounded through the snow like a hyper little bunny making fresh powder turn the blue sky and even lighter blue as the white overtook the hues. He reached the porch where his grandmother was waiting for him with a hot cup of cocoa with tiny marshmallows in it. He was delighted as he sat down on the steps and breathed in the warm, delicious smell of cocoa and marshmallows and sipped his first taste of sweet childhood memories as he watched the snowflakes danced with his imagination. The end. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful short story. And creative writing is a really amazing way to access our expression of light and darkness, you know, depending on the prompt. Um, because we as humans actually hold an entire spectrum of resonance within us you know, light and, and dark, like it's all just vibrations and frequencies. And, you know, the light we associate with higher resonating emotions and frequencies like purpose and passion and positivity, right? Light is like connection and expression and fluidity and, you know, darkness maybe is more aligned with the expression of sadness or confusion or pain um, and 
creative writing is just a medium, right? It's like a format that we can use to channel light and dark. Any form of self-expression is just a channel for, for moving these emotions through us, moving these experiences. Most of my favorite art that I've created thus far was actually created from a place of like deep darkness. And I'm only just recently beginning to explore what it looks like to make music that is, like, positive and happy, you know? Like, just because, you know, music has always been, like, a therapy for me. And um, I'm really grateful to be, like, clearing up some of that emotional space in me and, like, working through some of my, like, darkness so that I have room, extra room in me just to hold space for light and to create from, like, a place of light and positivity. Did you know that darkness, the true, the truth about darkness... Is that what is the truth about darkness, Tinkahontas? The truth about darkness is that it is simply the absence of light. It's just the absence of light. Black and white aren't actually colors. They're hues on a spectrum. And if you think about it, when you walk into a dark room, do you have to like clear the darkness? Or do you just flip the switch and the light happens? And the light just overtakes the darkness. Hmm. Interesting. That What that reminds me of is how little of a fraction of light it takes to actually, like, bring spatial awareness to like a room you know like if if a room is like totally dark and just the slightest bit of light like comes in like it's almost like you can see most of the room and that just shows you the power of light Mm. so if we equate light and darkness to positive and negative emotions what if the negative emotions is just an expression of the lack of positive ones you don't actually have to fight against all these negative things. You just introduce the positive ones and the negative ones vanish. That's an interesting thought. What do you think about that? Um, it's physics. Emotional physics. So what negative emotions are you like? Like when you say negative emotions, what what emotions come up for you? <clears throat> well, like if we go back to the, your original um, description earlier, a moment ago, you were talking about like low vibe, sadness, depression, things like that. Confusion. Confusion, yeah. And so like confusion is a lack of understanding. So if you introduce understanding, confusion vanishes, doesn't it? Mm. Sure. Yeah, I can see that. So, like, if you just raise the frequency of the vibe, if you will, it just changes the whole game. So I think that applies in 
in certain circumstances for sure that's a that's a great interesting point in the face of confusion introduce understanding that's really cool now as a as a different example what about like the other day when your daughter was really sad but she didn't want to like be at the studio she didn't feel like she said what she said she said i don't she doesn't want to be around a happy couple right now because it'll make her sad right so it's like i know that feeling do you like what is that like for you how about what about with sadness like i think with any experience like that um introducing acceptance as a remedy but we don't just snap into acceptance acceptance is something that must be processed and ex- and re- reached you know it's like arriving at acceptance it's part of the journey and that's the beauty of being human and having human emotions sometimes we just need to sit in our feelings and like experience them and process them and sometimes we can think our way out of the experience and get to like the conclusion if you will Hmm. so how do we arrive at acceptance well if we go to the stages of grief for example you must first enter the stages which usually starts with denial and then anger and then sadness and bargaining and then acceptance and not in that order if you will, like sometimes people go through those stages in a different order. Um, but it is also part of our human nature and a gift of our humanity to be able to experience emotions. Like people who are on the other side can't feel the same way that we do. They don't have the honor of eating food and tasting it. They don't get to feel the sunlight on their skin. You know, like, it's it's all about what we feel. Our physical body is here to absorb and receive senses, sensory information of our experience, which includes pain and sadness and loss. So how do you arrive at acceptance, like, in your daily life? Just um, in your, like, personal practice? I talk myself to it. Um, I found a note yesterday when we were at the storage unit and it was in the gratitude box and it said dear God thank you for keeping Alana and it used to say dear God why did you take Alana and so it, it was a matter of changing my mind it was a matter of finding a way to match my thoughts and emotions to agree with the experience and my feelings and so like my thought was my thought was like the thought of losing something and loss and the emotions used to be really like terrible really sad but I came to the conclusion that there's a higher reason why everything happened the way that it did And then I started to have gratitude because I trust God. 
understand why, but I believe that I can trust God and his plans. So I started to be grateful because he chose that. And I chose to, I chose in my mind to think of those thoughts. And after a while, I started to believe them. And after I started to believe them, the feelings followed. It was about changing my brain consciously because I am in my body. I am not my body. I am not my thoughts. I am not my emotions. I am feeling my emotions. I am thinking my thoughts. And the I am part of me is honored and blessed to experience all those things. And when I remember to identify as the eternal breath, whatever that thing is that makes my breath breathe when I'm sleeping, or my heart beat when I'm sleeping, that thing that just runs in the background, that's who I am. When I wake up and I feel or I think thoughts, that's just programs running and processing for my external sensory experiences. It's, it's, an easy, it's a long, drawn-out way to express metacognition. Mm-hmm. Think about what you're thinking about. The quality of our thoughts determine the quality of our life. True. That was the inception of my personal development journey. Like what you're describing as, I think like metacognition. Like becoming aware of our thoughts and realizing that thoughts are things. Mm-hmm. You know, thoughts are not just these imaginary, like elusive, like non-existent <laughs> forms of. Like it's hard to describe something that exists in a way that like makes it seem not, like influential. Like I can't even describe a thought in a way that like devalues its like power. I don't, I'm struggling to do so. So what I'm trying to say really is that thoughts are just energy, mm-hmm. you know, and energy is governed by, you know, laws and principles and the same principles that apply to our physical reality, you know, uh, an object in motion will remain in motion. I believe that a thought in forward motion will remain in motion until acted upon by a negative or external force. That's the second law of thermodynamics. Thermodynamics? What is Mm -hmm. thermodynamics? It's just physics, quantum physics stuff, you know. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's really like the basis for intellectual momentum. Is that like a positive thought and forward motion will remain in motion until acted upon by a negative external thought. And your approach to acceptance and changing your brain and changing your life seems to be in alignment with that. It's like 
tapping into the power of your your thoughts and like holding yourself through the process of like changing your mind can I ask you a question sure what part of you chose to get in the cold shower today what part of me chose to get in the cold shower today um the warrior does your body like the cold shower not particularly and my mind doesn't either to be quite frank so what part of you does the part of me that it's like my future self i don't know how to explain it like like my future self like knowing that he will feel like charged and like more productive and just it's kind of, it's, I'm kind of like betting on it it's like a you know I'm like you know what like okay I gotta just do it <laughs> what what part of me is it seems as though you have an answer no I'm just asking because like your physical body and your feelings doesn't like particularly like it and your thoughts are like Oh man, I'm not going to enjoy this. <laughs> but there's a part of you in you that says, "No, this is good for us." Right. And we're going to do this. And I think you call that the I am. Yeah. The part of you that says, "We got to do what we know we got to do instead of what we feel like doing." Mm. Because we got to do what's hard to get what's good, not what's easy. Mm. So, I'm kind of taking a stab at this. I think that's what young, like that part of us that knows, or that has the capacity to make decisions that are the best for us, young calls the ego. Because it the ego does not identify with like its surroundings or like cultural expressions or you know anything of that nature the ego is just like the seat of the soul you know like it is the subject of our experience and it is almost the ego is almost like a filter through which our experience passes through and then impresses itself on like our psyche and then the ego is just a mirror or the psyche is just a mirror for the ego to look back at its experience but the ego is like the ego is not the psyche like it is it is just the eyeball like that we like are looking through to experience everything so like even if in my mind <coughs> in my psyche like i have this aversion to cold the ego can like look at that like turn back look at that aversion and say no we're going to do this anyway mm-hmm. you know what i mean like it's the ego that can make that decision also, <clears throat> what I'm hearing you say is like the way you just described the ego and the psyche is the ego is pretty fixed in its state, if you will. Mm. It's almost like a neutral observer and commander, but the psyche is fragile AF. 
Yeah, man, like, my psyche is, like, emotional and hormonal and, like, needs its coffee in the morning, you know? (laughs) So, like, your psychological state is easily manipulated by external senses, sensory experiences, but your ego is, like, that badass motherfucker, excuse my language, that badass savage inside of you that is, like, we got this. It's that warrior in you, like you say. It's like the core of your being. I, I think so. Yeah, I. I'm curious to learn more about like Young's perspective on it, but I think we're on to something with that. Like the ego is the, grounded, unchanging identification with like God's consciousness. I think it's our, like, our, you know, like, if I could embody, I really need to use the restroom. (laughs) Can we pause this for a second? Yes, please. (laughs) All right, we'll be right back. (laughs) We're back. (laughs) We're back. We're back. We're back. Listen, Linda. Thanks, guys. Everybody does it. We're all human. Part of our human nature. So, yeah, anyway, um, bringing it kind of back full circle to the quote, um, without the darkness, you would never know the light. Uh, I mean, that directly applies to the ego, the I am that sits at the seat of our psyche and our perception of the world and our experience. I wonder what is it that actually defines and differentiates light from darkness? Photons. Talk to me, girl. Photons. Literally. (laughs) Um, Think about a sunrise, like, in the morning. It's literally, like, so cool to watch the sunrise happening over a mountain range because it's dark, the stars are out, and then all of a sudden you can see this like faint line of the mountain ridge and then the sky starts to change colors and it becomes lighter and lighter and lighter and then the colors happen and then the sunlight floods in and then it's just like majestic and beautiful. But light is tangible. Light actually has weight to it. Interesting. Tell me more about that. Um, photons. I need to learn more about before I try to talk about it. But like, think about it. Like, um, photons are a unit of measurement for, like, a photoreceptive, like, for example, the leaf. We can see light through the leaf. Hmm. 
Now look at that leaf. That leaf had too much light in it and it bleached the leaf and the leaf now no longer can receive light through those photocells that are inside of the leaf. Like, gosh, man, I wish I had more science terms for, for plants and light in my brain right now. I'm just completely like trying to go off the whim, but <laughs> it's okay. Um, your skin is a photoreceptive layer of your body. Um, when you, when you get a suntan, your body produces more melanin in your skin and you become darker. Interesting. So is our photons, is that the same, um, the same prefix as like photo and photography? Cause in photography, like one of the most important things that I work with is light. Okay, I was wrong. I'm going to correct myself right now. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Thank you, Google. Um, since photons, particles of light, have no mass, they must obey E equals PC. Therefore, they get all of their energy from their momentum, which is even cooler than my original assumption of whatever. There's... So, they, so they don't have No, light they do not. not. No. But if you think about it, Every bit of sunlight that we feel, we experience it because of momentum. Like, so there is definite energy to them, to the light photon particles. Wait, and oftentimes you hear that light, doesn't light travel faster than anything? Um, like the speed of light, like, is that... Yes, that's question. true. So it says it's a special theory of relativity and predicts that photons do not have mass simply because they travel at the speed of light. And this is also backed up by the theory of quantum electrodynamics, which predicts that photons cannot have mass as a result of a gauge symmetry, which I'm not exactly sure what that means, but now I'm going to nerd out on this later. Um... <clears throat> so the interesting thing about it is photons have no mass but gravity can affect light how um for example gra um, light is trapped within a gravitational field of a black hole Gravity, traditionally understood as the force attracting any two objects with mass, can affect light. So even though photons do not have mass, they are affected by gravity. I, I still don't quite understand that, but that's okay. I can choose to practice acceptance. Well, momentum of the photons come from the energy and its frequency, which is the Planck-Einstein relation. So, um, in short, even though photons have no mass, they still have momentum proportional to their energy. And gravity does bend light. So, refraction and reflection in water, for example, When you, when you look at something like 
if we had a straw and a glass of water right now, sometimes you notice how the straw looks bent when you look through the glass. That's refraction. Light travels through space-time, which can be warped and curved, so light should dip and curve in the presence of massive objects. This effect is known as gravitation, gravitational lensing. Man, light is so interesting. Matter takes up space. You can put it in a container while glass, while gases, liquids, and solids take up space. Light and heat do not take up space. Oof, now we're getting into the really nerdy stuff. Can gravity bend time? Gravitational time dilation occurs whenever there is difference in strength of gravity, no matter how small that difference is. I wonder if things that live underwater live longer because the gravity is different. Hmm. Or the living beings on the moon right now. I wonder how different their biology is because of the effect of the difference in gravity. All right, we're getting down a wormhole. <laughs> Let's talk about contrast again. So like, anyways, let's like for me, contrast is a beautiful thing because if I don't experience sadness, how do I know how happy I am when I'm happy? Or if I don't experience loss, how do I appreciate what I do have? Or if I do not, um, like, in, in life, there's been many different personal dynamics of my experience that have caused me to want the opposite. Like, there was a time in my life where I had anything at any time, but it became an empty experience, which caused me to not want to have everything at any time. You know? So, I don't know. What does contrast mean to you? What is the biggest experience of contrast in your life right now that you can describe? Hmm. Uh, I mean, personally, the, biz the biggest experience of contrast in my life is... Um, the contrast between my my darker days and my my greater days like because i you know i have struggled with depression for a long time and i'm just learning to navigate that and channel it and transform it and there are just some days that i wake up and feel overwhelmed, pressured, apathetic, you know, just heavy. Like, I don't want to talk to anyone or, like, you know, I, I 
feel self-conscious, like all these things for no apparent reason. And that's, um, usually there's something like something more going on, like that I'm avoiding or like a conversation that I need to have or like there's a lesson in the depression, you know what I mean? And more often than not, writing through it and gathering my thoughts, whether it's in the form of, like, poetry, most often, like, writing songs for me personally, um, singing, you know, those are the modalities that I've used to transform my, the contrast, to blend it, and to, you know, suppose, like, lower the opacity, like, let the light come through, shine through into the darkness. Um, I was actually curious, like, you know, you went pretty deep into, like, the literal explanation of an exploration of light and photons, like, I wonder what correlation you could make to darkness, like, what is darkness in all of its forms? Heaviness. Strong gravity, when all we want to do is fly. Expansive opportunity. Expansive opportunity is freedom. Darkness. Possibility, maybe. The unknown. Yeah, like imagine, imagine yesterday in your sound healing, you had your eyes closed. You're standing at the seat of your, your psyche, looking outwards towards your forehead into the vast darkness. Like there's, there could be infinity out there, right? Like light is so definitive, almost. Maybe not, like just, maybe just things seem to be finite and definitive when there is light shining upon them. What about the moon? The moon is full right now. The moon does not illuminate on its own. It is a reflection of the sun. So I suppose the conclusion we're reaching is without the darkness, you would not never know the light. Yes, because if there was no darkness, you would be the light. Because it would just be, it, it is. I am. <laughs> As am I. So with that, um, we'll just leave you guys with a couple last thoughts. One, maybe being... You know, what areas of your life are darkness and light showing up within? Is there a specific emotion or feeling that you personally associate with darkness? 
or light and how can you grow through those emotions that you associate with darkness and how can you create more of the emotions that you associate with light in your life remember the light switch when you walk into a dark room it is the absence of light so if you're experiencing sadness or low vibe emotions introduce something positive and happy or just go get in some sunlight yo (laughs) <laughs> yo <laughs> yeah that's a great suggestion um, definitely recommend getting some sun today make sure you drink your water and we will see you next time on love and ambition with Tink and Savage thank you for sharing the contrast with us today <laughs>